calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. And we hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Or, as I like to say, <laughs> Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day. I love that that's becoming, like... A mainstream thing. Yeah, there was the flower shop on Barham, and mm-hmm. kind of Cuenca-ish area, mm-hmm. has, like, a big, like, buy flowers for Galentine's Day. And I was like, yes! So much it. like girl love. It's so wonderful. Much girl love. Yeah. Madigan came over today and gave me flowers and a balloon. It's a cube shaped balloon. It's a cube shaped balloon. It's actually <laughs> in our Instagram story, which may or may not still be up right now because this episode goes out tomorrow. We are actually um, recording on Valentine's Day right now, drinking um, pink champagne. Mm-hmm. That and almost killed us. For me. It almost killed us. Well, and I mean, I, I think Anthony would say, and more importantly, it almost killed him. I didn't even... The cork didn't go anywhere near him. It wasn't anywhere near him. He's being a drama king. He's way... Yes. (laughs) Over... Over dramatic. I'm just saying. It could have taken out our vocal cords and then this podcast would be over. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the thing that he needs to learn. That if he's going to say things like that, we're going to say shit in the closet. Yeah. 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 yeah, and he's going to have to hear it. He's going to have to hear it, and it's going to be public. So this Just is a know message that it exists out there. directly to you, Anthony. <laughs> Nothing you say is secret. <laughs> Nothing is sacred. <laughs> oh, man. So today, this is one of our little mini-sodes here, mini-episodes, where we are going to kind of talk about what's going on in the news. Uh, it's going to be a quick one, but it's going to be good. Jam-packed, full Jam-packed of goodness. with tons of stuff. I've got some, like, Olympic information. Keegan's got some other good stuff. What should we start out with, Keegan? Um, I I don't care. What do you want to do? You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, sure. I'll go first. So I've been uh watching the Olympics more than anything. I've been watching the figure skating. I've watched some snowboarding and things of like course. that. But I've been watching mainly figure skating, as all of you know, and are probably already sick of hearing me talk about. <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit about the fact that we have our first openly gay Olympic athlete, Adam Rippon. Awesome. Who I am obsessed with. And if you guys don't follow him on Instagram or Twitter, do it because he's... I don't, so I should. Oh my God, he's the best. And his interviews are so good. Like, he did an interview with this girl and or this woman, and this woman asked, like, you know, what's it like being at the Olympics? And he was like, Andrea, I highly recommend it. <laughs> If you have the chance to go to the Olympics, like, do it. And I'm like, yes, I love him. Listen, if I could, I would. Right? 
but I can barely. I seriously started this new workout app, and I think I did like a hundred squats over the course of like two days. Impressive. It it's not even, and I was in agony, so much pain. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like when I quit skating and then I would go back and go skating, I didn't realize how much I worked out my butt every uh-huh. day. My butt oh. would be so sore. Like sink, like sinking yourself into the bathtub is the most painful thing in the world. Oh yeah, it's great. And then. Also, Gus Kenworthy, he uh, came out as openly gay, and he is a shit skier. He's a U.S. skier. I know I had it in my notes somewhere. Um, but I'm also just going to say this this tweet that Adam Rippon put out that was like, I was recently asked in an interview what it's like to be a gay athlete in sports. I said, it's exactly like being a straight athlete. Lots of hard work, but usually done with better eyebrows. That's, where's the lie? Right? And then it's funny because all these people were, like, writing him and being, like, hateful, being like, you need to reject Satan and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, it sounds like you have really bad eyebrows. (laughs) I was like, yes! (laughs) I saw an interview with him recently, and it was so great because they were basically talking to him about Mike Pence. And he was saying, I don't, I don't want my time at the Olympics to be about Mike Pence. And I don't want it to be a distraction for the other athletes who worked so hard to get here. Well, I know what he said as well in that interview, I think we're talking about the same one, is he said, I'm privileged enough for Mike Pence's, like, laws that he's putting through to not affect him. Like, he's Mm -hmm. very much, like, acknowledging his privilege and saying, I think it's time for those other people to speak. And I'm going to try my best to be that voice for those people. So I thought that was really cool. He's like, this doesn't affect me personally because my life hasn't changed because of his kind of protection of his sport and his community. His and, life. and his, you know, probably class and gender yes, and exactly. race. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's a white man. And so he's kind of saying, like, I'll use my voice as much as I can, but it's not about making things better for me. It's about making things better for other people. Yeah. And I thought that was really Lovely. cool. And the way he says it, he's not saying it, like, to be controversial. He's just very honest. And well, it's just part of his life, yeah. you know, and I think that that's, I think the more we can have these conversations as a part of, like, this is just a part of my existence and that I want to share with you. Yeah. Like, and, you know, if that happens to be political for you, then that's what it then is, but so it's part of it. my life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of people are also kind of getting upset with the conversations about, you know, gayness and race in the Olympics. Um, why? Who is someone? I read this quote where, like, they're trying to make the U.S. Olympic com- or the U.S. Com- Olympic Committee wants to change its motto to darker, gayer, and more different, or darker, gayer, different. And I was it's like, funny when people, but say, I like that. <laughs> well, and it's 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 interesting. I'm trying to find more words other than interesting because I edit these podcasts and I'm like, wow, we say interesting a lot. It's it's it, fascinating. It's yes, inquisitive. It's. I should get a thesaurus. Yes. That's the (laughs) moral of this conversation. But I find it funny how they manage to focus on... They they say things like that. Like, they want it to be darker and gayer and more... And different. Because you are acknowledging that in the past it hasn't been those things. Exactly. So So that's why we're having this conversation. They're really highlighting the fact that it isn't. And they're, they're really kind of calling out political correctness, saying that that the U.S. is filling a political correctness quota by assigning team uh, quotas for race, religion, and sexuality. And I wrote, or maybe they're just, they just happen to be really good at what they do. Maybe they're just the best. And maybe maybe they're finally being recognized for being Mm -hmm. the best. And, um, 
you know, some this guy named John Moody wrote in a column that was getting some backlash that says, let's focus on the winner of the race, not the race of the winner, which I feel like is kind of a colorblind statement to me. It is to me, too. Like when I read that, it was like, okay. Yes, that's great because we're focusing on the sport and the fact that that's what we're not just like, this is a black person or an Asian person. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on like the things that they're doing well. But at the same time, I think it's important to recognize the fact that these different cultures are excelling in what they do. And they may be breaking barriers. Like we have our first African-American speed skater this year, which is incredible. And that needs to be acknowledged. We can't just act like it's not the first one that has ever existed. Exactly. Because with whether you are gayer and darker and different, like that's representation and that's what's important. And that's something... It's it's also just part of who you are. I, I, I get really frustrated with statements like that because you don't want me to talk about who I am as a person. Like, you don't want me to talk about something that effect, affects my life uh-huh. and that I've had... We, we're going to talk in our next episode that we've already recorded about, you know, racism in sports a little bit. We touch on that a little bit. And you're not, you're asking this person to not acknowledge that they may have gone through something di- different and more yeah. difficult because of their race or, or, yeah. or well, because gender it makes, or sexuality. It makes people uncomfortable because they're used to a certain narrative when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like everything is kind of, I guess, becoming quote-unquote political or... Um, Get with the times, man. It's exactly, exactly. That's and, where we and are. And that's the thing is that these people who are athletes, that those are, those are things that they hold near and dear to their hearts and are important to them and are realities. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've always looked up to the people who are different and breaking barriers and trailblazers. Yeah, and that's a sneak peek for our next yeah. episode. And, um, you know, representation does matter. It, it does matter. so much. To know that you can do these things yeah. and that there's someone there who did it first. And the thing that baffles me the most is that Adam Rippon is the first openly gay Olympic athlete as a figure skater when everyone is always like, oh, you're a man, you're figure skating, you must be gay. And it's like, and that was so, like, I just remember growing up and guys Such trying to, like, butch it up mm-hmm. and, like, have girlfriends at the rink and then like they grew up and they finally became who they were and it's like they felt because they were men who were figure skating that they had to fight the stereotype and they weren't it wasn't a time where they could just be accepted for who right. they were. Right, so basically we're just trying to open the door to allow everyone, straight, gay um, any color under the the sun, any gender yeah. um, any sexual preference to just yeah. be who they are, yeah. you know? And that's the thing, it's like, it, it's stupid to think that those are the only two gay Olympians that are it's there. It's absolutely not and true. And so, you know that, that there are you know, just statistically there's gotta be a lot of absolutely. gay uh, gender, non-binary Mm -hmm. you know people Mm -hmm. out there who are great athletes yeah and I hope that I hope that this is a door that's been like cracked open a little bit for those people to kind Mm -hmm. of like push in the floodgates I hope so too slam it open I hope so too all right, I'm going to also touch real quick on the fact that North and South Korea walked as a unified country I at the saw opening that. ceremony, which has happened a few other times in history. And Mike Pence history. sat down. Mike Pence sat down. Um, they also walked together in the 2000 Summer Games in Sydney and the 2004 Games in Athens and 2006 in Turin. But this is the first time they will actually compete under a unified team. And... Um, I would love to know more information about this. I've just briefly read it, but people were, like, commenting that Kim Jong-un's sister was, like, Mm -hmm. the shade queen or whatever. She shook hands with the president. Yeah, but then mm -hmm. she was, like... I know that she's problematic, and I know that, like, people are kind of giving her credit, and there's people who are like, no, she, like, has done a lot of really shitty stuff. Well, that's not surprising. It's like, I mean, look at her brother. Yeah, I mean, look at the country 
you come from and I don't know how much power you have or don't have, but I've been to South Korea, you know, and I know that the threat of North Korea is very real and very scary. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, if you're not actively working to do something about it, you're complicit. And I understand that you're afraid. Yeah. I get that. Or you could be afraid. You have the potential to be afraid because these yeah. these people will do whatever I to mean, you. I you want to say that she that she, I read that she did something like, didn't he like okay to have his brother killed or something like that? Yeah, and she was yeah, and she was like complicit with that. And well, I I don't I don't know anything about her role in that, but I do understand that anyone who's willing to have their brother killed, I understand that she could be very afraid for her own safety. Right and. You know, so it's a difficult line to be like, you should do something. But at the same time, you are there, you know, living in a palace under a regime where people are dying every day in a really brutal way. Yeah. It's interesting. I actually have family from South Korea as well. My cousins, TJ and Todd, were adopted from South Mm -hmm. Korea. And Todd married someone. South Korea is beautiful. Oh, my God. I want to go so bad. It's beautiful. You should definitely go to Seoul. Seoul is great. Well, I I would love to travel with them. I haven't seen them in, like, probably 10 years because I've been out here. Yeah, it's it's a great, great place. You should definitely go if you get the chance. It's crowded. It's, like, more crowded than New York City. Okay, I'll bring bring lots of Xanax. Yeah. I got a pocket, got a pocket full of Xanax. (laughs) Um... Okay, so the first one that I wanted to talk to today is one that it's, it's funny that I, I'd saved this, but I'd forgotten that I'd saved it. And then today at work, okay, I'm going to tell you a story about what happened today at work. Tell me. I'm sitting at work, minding my own business as I, I do at work. Yep. And um, when you're not talking about Dancing with the Stars or The Bachelor. I get you. Yeah, okay, listen. <laughs> Don't out me for The Bachelor because it sucks. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> I do watch it, but it sucks. And. Someone had, behind me said that her daughter, they were having a conversation, and she said that her daughter's school um, had a new rule where they weren't allowed to say no when boys asked them to dance. It's crazy to me, especially, like, in this specific time, because it's all about, like, Me Too and Time's Up and, like, speaking well, out. So the fact that these schools are like, nope, you're not allowed to say no, even though they're what, probably like, we don't want to hurt people's what feelings. What upset me even more than that was, okay, so here's what, how the conversation went. She said, there's a new rule at my school where my daughter has to say yes anytime she's asked to dance. And a guy, a grown man, you know, probably middle-aged man she was talking to said, Man, I wish we'd had that rule when I was in school. Ba- oh, so your fragile, fragile masculinity wouldn't have been bruised? Yeah, well, at, like... Look, I get it. It Rejection feels terrible. Right. It feels terrible, but, but... it is a part of life. Well, it's a part of life, and also your ego and your inability to handle rejection is not more important than my agency. Yeah. And my decision to to my decision to make a decision on who yeah. gets to touch my body. Yeah. And who I you know, you shouldn't be able to force girls to feel uncomfortable in situations yeah. because in the name of inclusiveness, which is what there's a school in Utah. Um, this is an article from MSN.com where a mother challenged that because her daughter came home and said, we're not allowed to say no when boys ask us to dance. And she's like, that can't be right. And went yeah. to school and the school said, no, that's what we said. And it's in the name of inclusiveness to Which promote I inclusiveness. Get, but there's got to be, but there has to be a, you can't make a rule that you have to say yes. Why not talk to kids about, about being kind or there like are way people's better differences ways. Yeah. and like helping or, like, just having more, like, I get I guess, like, get-to-know-you time in class, mm-hmm. because I feel like as soon as you understand somebody, 
better, you'll be more inclusive well, to them. Well, and basically you're you're saying that a girl doesn't have the right to say no. You're exactly. making it difficult for women already have a hard enough time putting boundaries down and saying no and, say, and sticking yeah. to those boundaries. And you're saying that it's a rule that these boys have a right to your body yeah. and they have a right to touch you well, and it's when they ingraining, want to. And it's ingraining that um, inability to say no at such a young age for girls, which I feel like has already been a problem. And this is just it enforcing absolutely it has. even more. Yeah. Cause now it's a rule. Now like, it's a rule. It's not you, just like an, an outward like pressure that you feel. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I don't have the ability to yeah. say no. So, so far that was a school. I'd actually like to call out that school if I can find it. Canesville Elementary in Utah. I don't know what yeah. part of Utah, but, um, they still have not revised their policy, even though they've gotten a lot of negative press. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is there anything in that article that says, like, other people we can write or call? Let me see. If you Google Canesville um, Elementary, so K-A-N-E-S-V-I-L-L-E Elementary, Utah, because I Googled it earlier, the phone number does come up. So you could call the superintendent or the... Oh, cool. Does it say down here anywhere? No. It, there's no link in this article um, for who you can call, but if you Google that, because I did earlier, the website for the school comes up, and there are phone numbers and stuff like that. If I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. So I actually did find it. The phone number is 801-452-4680, and it's in Ogden, Utah. So, Ogden. I've been to Ogden. You've been to Ogden? Yeah, I, I used to live in Utah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so, like, don't call the wrong Canesville Elementary School, because it looks like there's a few, and that would be sad. You know, I'm sure some Canesville Elementary Schools are good, right? Yeah, I'm not trying to, like, <laughs> rain fury on a school that doesn't deserve it. No, but rain fury on the on the school that does deserve it. Yeah, and if you can find more specific information, like, specifically the mm-hmm. superintendent or, like, an email or something like well, that, I was going to say, there's, like, an address, too. You could probably send postcards, but, I mean, I feel like calling and emailing is probably the fastest more effective. way to do it. Yeah, more absolutely. Effective. It'd um, be crazy if they opened up their computer to, like, a thousand emails Yeah, being, like... But that really upset me, and yeah. and the the reaction from my grown ass adult coworker was really upsetting to me because I was just like, I hope you don't have daughters. I really I mean, hope you don't have daughters. I'm honestly not surprised. Like that doesn't surprise me at all. Because you're prioritizing your your hurt feelings because they haven't had that experience. That's the thing because they. They remember being nine-year-old boys having dances and being scared. They don't know what it's like necessarily. I mean, maybe they, maybe some men do. I'm not trying to say that they don't at all. But this particular man probably didn't have that experience. Right. So why would he be able to like girls? I empathize? feel like more frequently um, are pressured into giving up our agency far more often and giving up our physical right. like space far more often. Like we're often asked like, oh, give him a hug, sit on his yeah. lap or, or, oh, you know, just dance with him. He he likes you. He yeah. likes you. And it's like, okay, yeah. but I don't like him. So right. I shouldn't have to touch so anyone I don't want to. That's why it's good to have these conversations with them and be like, look, maybe you don't have this experience, but this is something that I've felt with this. So maybe it isn't the best thing. Right. And I do you know feel I mean? for people who like, I mean, I wasn't always picked first for anything in school. Yeah. So I do feel for people and I, it sucks to feel like you're not popular. You're not wanted, but I think that there are better, there are better ways to do yeah, it. Yeah. There are other conversations that could be had before yes. forcing this issue. I, I completely, completely agree. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk to talk about, um, You've heard about Trump's wanting a military parade, right? It's super fun. It's super stupid. 
<laughs> it's super stupid. Uh, and um, from this article that I read, this is a New York Times article. They are estimating the cost for this parade between ten and thirty million dollars. That's bonkers. That is bonkers. Mick uh, Mulvaney, the White House budget director, estimated on Wednesday that the public display of America's military might that Mr. Trump has called for could cost between $10 million and $30 million, and said that the government would have to come up with a way to cover the cost. Oh, Fund- fun! Yeah, funding the parade was not included in the White House's 2019 budget request, which was released on Monday because it was a relatively new idea. Mr. Mulvaney said at a House Budget Committee hearing on Wednesday... He explained that the final cost would be determined by the size, scope, and length of the parade. We will continue to work with you folks if you decide to continue forward with this initiative, Mulvaney said. Of course, you'd have to appropriate funds for it, Mm. or we would have to find funds that we've already appropriated. So they're pooling, they'd have to pull money from the Department of Defense budget or the par- Department of Homeland Security, <gasps> or the National Park Service. Okay, so I'm just going to say, first off, we have no problem with them celebrating the military, per se. No, I'm like, from a military family. Like, yeah, I just, wanted, at all. I just know people are probably listening just like, wait a second. But even people in the military think this is a bad idea. No, I know. I just wanted to, yeah. I just wanted to no, make I know. a blanket I know. statement yes, that we are not saying that. They, that we are military, not anti-military. No. What, I think that the military could... I mean, this is a whole other conversation. Could they could be treated a lot better? better yeah, uh, and should be better protected Our veterans, for their for sure. mental health, yeah. especially. But we'll talk about that another time. Um, but the fact that this is thirty million dollars, ten to thirty million dollars, is insane to me. It's money that we. We could be spending on social programs. It's money that we could be spending on our homeless. It's a parade. It's money that we could be spending on our veterans if we're going to be talking about that. That's the thing is instead of giving them a parade, why not put that money towards... Their benefits. Their benefits. Getting um, better uh, VA facilities Mm -hmm. and like actually helping those people that really, really Mm -hmm. need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (sighs) And he's already cut so much from the National Park Service to think that you're going to cut additional yeah. spending, you know, like, because he doesn't insane. care because in his, no, he doesn't care because in his mind that doesn't, again, we're talking, it's like we're talking about the guy that you talked about at work. Like he hasn't had that experience. He doesn't have that connection. So to him, it doesn't really like, he's, matter. yeah, he's an idiot. He's, he's also just an idiot. Can I point something out real quick? Sure. Do you have a breastfeeding tank top? I do. Isn't that weird? Okay. Wait, why do you have a breastfeeding okay. tank top? Because I bought this for a show. I needed a pajama like I needed pajamas and I would try a bunch of stuff on and I put this I was was seriously like in out 20 minutes right and I put on this tank top and I'm like this is comfy and it matches my pajama pants and I bought it and then I got to the show and I was like this unclips at the top that's really weird but I don't give a fuck because that thing is comfortable as hell oh my god did you read there's an article on BuzzFeed I think that they were talking about why all women should have maternity jeans because they're so much more they're comfortable. They're so comfortable. I've never actually, worn those, but I bet you they're comfortable. I actually almost bought a pair mm. like years ago. Stretchy. When I well, when I was going through like um like gaining all my weight back from that, my eating disorder, I was mm. like maybe that would be a good way to like be stretchy, but I wanted to like challenge myself and like be uncomfortable and tighter clothes and things like that. But so I did it. But I mean like No, but I mean to the benefit of the fashion industry, 
pregnant ladies, you're getting like some soft. Let like it, it. it is nice. Oh my god, what I like quality. it. Is it I just know. Target? Yeah, Target. Totally called it. Target <laughs> um, ha- knows what's up. Sorry, we went off on that. This is what happens when you record it in a closet. Yeah. Sometimes we're gonna get sometimes, distracted by clothes. Sometimes there's a detachable tank top in front yeah, of you. Yeah, this is what I wore in the last show I was in. <laughs> um. Well, this feels kind of strange to kind of go from a, a lot of our very light banter and chit chat um, into a kind of serious topic, but I really feel like it's something that we should address mm-hmm. and talk about today. Um, so just bring it back with us, rein it in real quick. There was a shooting today in Florida, and it was the eighth school shooting in 2018. The eighth school shooting to result in injury or death in 2018. Do you know how many are in total? Yes. We we are seven weeks in, so I just Uh want to stress that real quickly. We are seven weeks in to 2018, and there have been eight shootings at schools that have resulted in injury or death. There have been 18 guns fired on school property this year. Total. Um, According to the Gun Violence Archive, a total of 30 mass shootings have taken place in 2018. 30. In seven weeks. In 2017, the U.S. saw a total of 346 mass shootings. 346. That's almost one shooting a day. Mass shooting a day. And just for reference, according to the Gun Violence Archive, a mass shooting is defined as four or more people being shot or killed in the same general time and location. So we saw 346 mass shootings last year. We are at a total of eight mass shootings that have resulted in injury or death this year. Just school shootings. That's That doesn't even account for all of the mass shootings that have happened. So... I just wanted to address that issue really quickly and say that we are so heartbroken and sad. I mean, honestly, I when it comes to this topic, I, I am a person who likes to interject and speak, and I have a hard time even even speaking. I either go from like being completely silent to going off on a rant about... Um, gun laws. And it hits a point, too, where there's so many people who are so worried about keeping their guns. We're not trying to take your damn guns. We're not trying to tell you how to live your life, per se. We are just saying that these are, for the most part, when you're talking about school children or uh, school shootings, you're talking about children being mm-hmm. killed. Mm-hmm. It This is an issue that is 100% pre- preventable. Like, look at Australia's gun laws. Look at some of the other countries' gun laws and see the difference between their school shootings and their death toll per year. It's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. Yeah. And the fact that nothing has been done about this really completely baffles me. It completely, 100% baffles me, and it makes me it's, so angry and it's, sad. It makes me very, very angry. I think I've, I've said this before, maybe, I think in the Women's March episode, where I said I had to take some time off from being on Facebook after the, um, after the Las Vegas shooting, mm-hmm. and it was really upsetting me, because I would, I would say something, and people... <laughs> I unfriended people, because they would comment and just say... Our Second Right Amendment sh- shall not be in- impeded. 
And that was it, period. And it upset me so much because I'm saying, look at these people. These are human beings whose lives are gone. And these are, in the case of today, this is 17 families who will never be the same and whose lives were completely altered in an instant by an unstable 19-year-old boy who happened to have a weapon that could take out that many people all at once. And it's really devastating and heartbreaking. And it just upsets me that we're, we're putting the value of human lives that are being lost in mass quantities and we're we're saying that having having your having the these rights are more important than that. Yeah. And, and to me, it's it's baffling. It's well, truly truly and baffling. And the thing is, is that a lot of our amendments and our laws, like us, should be constantly changing and evolving and growing to fit the current climate of our world. Yeah. And the the fact of the matter is, is that it's not. And people are so. I mean, Donald Trump made his entire. Um, campaign on traditionalism and keeping mm-hmm. tradition alive which um i think it's a it's a horrible misuse of that word mm-hmm. and yet you know that doesn't mean that nothing ever changes right that's but, the thing but to a lot of people when you say tradition that's what it means and it's it's but just at what cost that's exactly. what upsets me so much exactly. is like at what cost and i have to say this and i feel like maybe people who listen who are more conservative be it in my, you know, family or circle or friends or whoever, it makes me physically sick yeah. and angry when I see people like Marco Rubio talking about how he called the the principal or the superintendent of this school and it's just an unbelievable tragedy that we, we wish would never happen whenever he has taken $3 million in campaign donations from the NRA. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, that's being like, that's being hypocritical and that's wanting to put on a good face and a good front because they feel like that's do something. what people want to see. Do something. But you're not actually doing anything it's this about never the situation. Ending cycle of us losing a lot of lives and then prayers and thoughts and thoughts and prayers and we're so sorry and we're no, really upset about it for bullshit. a while and then we forget about it and then we but hear nothing about it anything. and then it happens again. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just wasn't there. There was a shooting in, in Kentucky a few weeks ago that I remember yeah. sending yeah. you info about. And it's just like, this is something that is a daily occurrence, as Keegan has said. And the fact that, you know, we can put out our best thoughts, we can pray, we and can we do will. whatever, Listen, and that's fine. We're going to do that. We're giving all of our, our good vibes, all our good thoughts to the families of these victims. We are doing that. Right. But that's not enough. That's not enough. And it's not enough to post something on Facebook or post something on Instagram. Like, put put something behind it put an effort behind it and i'm not saying that i'm perfect and that i do that every single time we get it life is hard we're busy right and i understand like i totally get it i am not perfect at all at all when it comes to this stuff and if you don't if you don't have the funds if you don't have the you know if you have anxiety and you don't like calling people if there's anything like that Speak up in the way that you feel is the best way. And for you, if that is posting something on Instagram and Facebook, that's great. But make sure what you're doing has weight behind it. And make sure that you are aware of what's going on and the numbers and the facts. 
And, you know, for me, it's all about not being scared to have these conversations yeah. with people who are not like-minded which as I, myself. Which I have been in the past, but right. it's beyond that point now, and I cannot... It is. It is beyond it, but you have to... But but the thing is, is that if we want monumental change, we have to continue to right. have the conversations No, no exactly. Well. Because I've, I, you know, in the past, believe it or not, now that I have a podcast about this stuff, but in the past, I've been very afraid to rock the boat. With my family, I still don't want to rock the boat, but... But I learned to love the rock to rock the boat a little I, bit. I don't love it, to be honest. I, I do not love it. I don't like I don't like having these tough conversations with you know people in my life. Yeah, I, it gives me massive anxiety. I hate it. But the thing is, when it comes to subjects like this, where it's just like at some point you have to pick a side. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. You have to pick a side. No, you can't be you can't be in the middle. Well, and also I think the thing is is that you're in more contact with your family than I am. I'm really yeah. not. So for me, it, it's not as much of like it's not as much of a face to face conversation, or it's not like in my daily life. Mm-hmm. So I understand when people are are not comfortable with rocking the boat. Where for me, I. I kind of wear my like black sheep pin with pride a little mm-hmm. bit. I like thinking differently than a lot of the people in my family, and um, I've also seen a lot of them grow. Like mm-hmm. I, I found out my aunt listens to the podcast, oh, who I've always thought of as being more conservative, and and the fact that the, the people take an interest in what I do, and maybe because they love me, maybe. Well, they know that the you're a lovely that person. I, well, you know? maybe the things that I say might have a little mm-hmm. bit of weight. I don't know. And I also want to say that it doesn't mean if you hold different views than we do, it doesn't mean you're not a good person or no. that we're somehow like better people than you are. It just it just means that everyone is on a different path and a different yeah. journey, and and maybe you're not on the same journey as we are right. at the same place. Yeah, you know. But with that said. I have to be true and speak my truth about like right. what I believe is is right and it makes me I cried earlier when I read this article yeah. and it it makes me so emotional and upset um and I go through all the emotions it's like it's like shock and then surprise that I'm shocked and then and then sadness and then anger and then and then just feeling like you can't do anything right you know yeah I mean honestly I've got to say it's hard for me sometimes to separate with people when they say things about like the second amendment especially it's hard for me to remember that they're good people when they're saying things like that maybe that's something that I need to work on but that's really hard well I mean like I said I straight I straight unfriended people without saying anything to them yeah uh, you know at that at that time and it was a time of high emotion for me yeah but you know I do have to remember they're not bad people they're just they come from a different place yeah. and they have a different worldview. I know. I you know. know. It's hard. It's especially when, when things like this happen and emotions are so fresh. It really, it really is hard to remember that for me sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you never know, like yeah. you never know me. I, there was a country singer who, and I know we're going on a little long for a, a mini episode. Um, but there was a, a country singer who was at the concert in, in Las Vegas, and he had said that he wrote a whole op-ed sort of thing, or like a, a Twitter thing, saying that he, in the past, had been very pro-Second Amendment, mm-hmm. and being in that situation completely changed his yeah. mind on that. Right, and, still, and, and, it, and and that's why you do still need to have hope. And, yeah, but at the same time, I do want to acknowledge that it, if it has to happen to you personally or someone yeah. you love, that's shitty. Yeah. And you should be able to be empathetic enough to put yourself in a position of... How many children and teachers died in Sandy Hook? 
Yep. And these are children, yep. small children. And you shouldn't have to have one of your small children die yep. to understand what it would feel like to have yeah. one of your small children die. So we don't even have children. No, we and, children. and we don't have we, we don't have anyone. I mean, I don't have anyone in my life right now. That's like a family member who's in school. Uh, I mean, I do have kids that I'll babysit for that I think about. Right. But I mean, where, it, it, but, you, yeah, but, but you it doesn't take just that. Exactly. You know I mean? No, it's it's it just takes human compassion and taking a minute to to have some empathy and think about. Understand uh, that a life got cut short. Yeah. yeah. And I think all of us can understand that for the most part. I feel like all of us have experienced some sort of loss, whether it be a breakup or a death or something in their life where they've had to go through mourning. And I think that's why we feel so strongly about it, because we can at least attach some sort of emotional connection to that. Mm-hmm. And and I hope I hope that that's the case for everyone. I mean, I hope... The, I don't hope that everyone has had to go through that kind of loss. No, but, but you hope that everybody can find some sort of connection in whatever and way And humanize this tragedy. And humanize it, yeah. exactly. And not just see it as another shooting and move on and forget about it in a week. Yeah. You know, this is this is one of many, and it, it, there are things that need to change. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I know this is kind of a heavy thing to end on, but we just really felt like it needed to be addressed. We... It's brand new news that happened today. A few hours ago. um, Yeah, and this mini-episode is is to bring you things that are in the news. And so that's kind of of our job. So... Well, Keegan, happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Day, Thanks and I hope all you listeners... Thanks for being my gal. Ah, oh, thank you. My gal, my gal. <laughs> and I hope all you listeners have had a wonderful Valentine's Day, and we will catch you on Thursday. I'll catch you on Thursday. <laughs> and uh, we encourage you to rage on. Rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.